The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol, or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favorite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Rico, I get the keys ready to come in and we'll come and use it. Tony. What is his name, Tony? He's about to be Lois can never have Superman's family. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play little people instead. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum Assemble. We're back at it live. On this, uh, was it Friday already? Yeah, we're back live. Yes, right here on allgames.com and Twitch. If you're listening on Twitch, welcome. We're we're simulcasting today since we got the technology now to do both. Uh, we're we're back at it, and uh, we got a good show for you today. I'm gonna talk about Cat Shit One, the comic book. Uh, just came out this year. Kind of. Uh, Joe's going to give you... It's a- funny. Oh, go ahead. It's kind of funny because uh, you texted that you were going to be talking about it. But, like, actually earlier in the day, when I was going through Comixology looking for what was new this week, I saw it, and I put it in my wish list. Because we've actually talked about Cat Shit 1 uh, years ago. Back when we were doing it at Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, because we reviewed the animated movie adaptation. That's right. It's back a- then, all the comics were in Vietnamese. Like, we couldn't find an English translation of the comic. So we didn't talk about that. But, yeah, uh, this is a familiar franchise for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we actually did it before we even talked about it before Long Beach. I think this is back in Larry's house, old house, and yeah, it, it's a long time coming, <laughs> but we got that for you. Uh, the voice you heard there is, is our silent assassin, Joe. He's going to be talking about Shira on Netflix, and then on the line, also, we got Oz. Yeah, of course, Lawrence doesn't show up when I show up. Yeah. Well, you're the same person. Shh. <laughs> Inside voice. 
I mean, you both got glasses. That's about the same. But yeah, <laughs> so we got all that and news uh, coming at you this morning. Uh, as usual, you can hit us up on Skype. Today you'll be doing me, Moses Magnum, but the lady will tell you who to call and, and how to get in touch with us. Action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. Well, yeah. Yeah, we got all that. Um, in the some of the news topics today, I was looking and I don't know, Oz, you might know about this, but is Harley Quinn a couple with Booster Gold? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I don't think they're official yet. Um, I haven't read 72. That's the one that that uh, Lawrence sent us. But their, their kind of relationship began in Heroes in Crisis because they were the two murder suspects. And they kind of... It's one of those things where you 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 fight somebody all the time and through that get closer together i guess uh-huh. cuz each one thinks the other person is the killer and are, so they're fighting each other while at the same time everybody else is going after after them too cuz nobody knows who who the killer is and so that heroes in crisis book is kind of the beginning of where they they start interacting and get to know each other through physical violence, as all great relationships tend to tend to start. This is actually a part of the story I was talking about yesterday, uh-huh. where people were straight watching Harley, uh, and by removing Ivy and all traces of her, like by not letting him use Ivy, that was part of the whole straight washing because they're dating now. And she's a higher prof- higher profile character, and so people think that's one of the reasons why uh, the writer isn't allowed to use Ivy in the book. So yeah, that's uh, DC's it, not the type of oh. company that's for like, I guess straight washing because they, I mean, they take other characters and make them gay or bi or whatever. Yeah, but uh, how prominent are those compared to Harley? Yeah. Well, Constantine, I mean, they've they've got him banging dudes. Yeah, but he's he's not yeah, he's not Harley. Part, yeah, like a lot even though Constantine actually has a TV show, like I feel like a lot of people don't know Constantine and or if they know him, they might not even might not even know that he's a DC character. Well, if we're talking if you want to talk like, specifically about Harley, let's not forget she started off with the Joker. Right. right. And then she moved to Ivy. Right. That I mean, that's not straight washing. That's just she's bi. Fluid. But the thing is, she can be they don't have to erase traces of poison ivy to have her bang booster gold. Right. Like she is bi. So it makes it she is bi, but by removing the one female she's been with, they're trying to. If feel, people feel like they're trying to imply that she's straight. Wait, so are you saying I, actually? Bi. 
and I, I haven't listened to yesterday's show, but are you saying that they're retconning the whole Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Friends with Benefits uh, re- relationship? They're not retconning it. They're just not mentioning it. Like, the writer of Harley Quinn, DC told the, him, like, you can't put Ivy in the comic at all. It's like they're trying to not necessarily talk. It's like they're trying not to talk about it. Like, they want everyone to forget that she used to have a relationship with Ivy in order to push the straight narrative that she's with Booster Gold. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. Because even though, like, I mean, I guess technically I, I don't consider Ivy an ex because I always saw it as kind of like a friends with benefits situation there. But they, you know... Harley cares what Ivy thinks of the people she dates. I've seen that in other books. And for them to just completely remove, like, you can't even have Ivy. She can't even show up and say, hey, meet my new, the new man in my life. We can't bone because I'm, I'm going to be monogamous or something. You know, so some, one of those stories like, that a lot of people do with the, the, uh, the other person that the main character is banged. That, yeah, that's stupid. That that doesn't make right. any sense at all to me. I mean, especially like since I, right now there's a Harley and Ivy ongoing book. Now that's not canon now. That's with Disney Star Wars Legends. <laughs> yeah, and I will I will point out that uh, at the end from the article that Lauren sent us, which is chock full of spoilers. Once she realizes that she may be falling for Booster Gold, the the next thing she says is "ew." <laughs> so. yeah. Well, even the headline of that article is like, "She's in love with the biggest loser in DC." <laughs> yeah, that that. Yeah, happens. like if anyone would react that way to falling in love with Booster Gold, I wouldn't. Like, it'd be better to fall in love with Kite Man than Booster Gold. I'd say <laughs> it's a lateral move. Well, and that's the thing. If they would bring that Kite Man thing with Ivy in the comics and then do the the Harley and Booster Goat, like, they could have, like, loser double dates. Like, that would, that <laughs> right itself. Like, it, it th- there's a sitcom there of, like, successful high-profile villains dating second and third-tier uh, heroes and villains, or characters, rather, and, you know, Having those stay-at-home dads and stay-at-home husbands. <laughs> it would be like Real Housewives of Hollywood or some shit, but with Harley and Ivy. I hope Jim Lee's listening. But then they would have to completely write off Blue Beetle because you can't acknowledge that Booster had a relationship with him. I mean, they wrote him off already, right? Like, nobody's using him. I, well, yeah. I thought you meant, like, identity Perfect. crisis, but... Yeah, no. The Mexican one. Yeah, the Mexican one, I don't think will work. I don't think Booster cares about him as much. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry, say that again, Joe? It's kind of young for Booster. Yeah, Yeah. Booster needs a drinking buddy. Right. I know Ted Kord is out there because he was in Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, who, I, I I don't know. I mean, I know, I, I think he's in Arrowverse. 
because they talk about court industries. He um, is, um, but he never he he was never Blue Beetle. It like went uh, straight to he. It, court Industries was ex, was like studying the Scarab, but it goes straight uh-huh. to to Reyes. Huh. Yeah, I mean, they probably thought he wasn't gonna last, or he couldn't. Um, yeah. There's another thing I wanted to bring up too, but oh, yeah, I guess it's kind of like where DC is straight watching Harley. There's also, I'm mean, Joe. You, you heard about the New Warriors' new team, right? Yeah. And uh, there's a like people are pissed about it. Like there's a controversy because they're like, oh, this is what's wrong. You know how we kind of talked about those bloggers that don't like the Harley Quinn cartoon. There's those people that are really like mad about that New Warriors team with Snowflake right. and Face, and it, it's causing a whole thing. But there's a dude in Massachusetts that like he pre-ordered 500 copies. And I did hear about that. Yeah, he's like a big conservative dude that hates that stuff about comics where they try to make things a little more relevant and inclusive and diverse. And uh but he his his whole thoughts were like what well, you know? He goes uh, no press is bad press and you know there's got it got the video the trailer on YouTube got downvoted like 350,000 times and like 64,000 upvoted and then but over a million people have viewed it so he's like his reasoning is like people are going to want this but it's like I don't think I don't think as many people care you know the thing is all the downvoters they're not New Warriors fans right it's like because it's it's not just them, it's the New Warriors team. Like you have almost the exact classic OG New Warriors team with these added characters in like a mentoring role. So it's like it's I wanna see what they're gonna do with it. Like I'm so excited so you- to see what they're gonna do with it. And I have so much faith in the writers that they know what they're doing. Like yeah. you can't put together this team with these names and this they're all like millennials. It's like you putting them together with the OG New Warriors team, you can't do that without a really slick uh relevant plan. And I I, I wanna see what that plan is. Like I wanna see it come to fruition. I wanna see it through. Uh because I think it's gonna be great. So so and then Joe, you have you- that are only look, looking at the names, and they probably read the article and didn't even realize that the original team is even in the book because they got triggered once they heard the names of the new characters. And it's like, they just want to be triggered, and you can't help people like that. Okay, so Joe, because you're the, you're the New Warriors guy here, I want to know what you think of the new characters. Because per, uh, personally, I think most of their power sets are kind of dumb. Uh, ironically enough, the the best power sets uh, of these new members is uh, Safe Space and, and Snowflake. Or is it Snowflake? Yeah. Like, they actually have what I think the more interesting power sets. Where the other ones are kind of like, uh, I'm not, you know, they just, the other ones seem dumb to me. But those two I actually think might be interesting. What do you think? You're the fan. 
I think the important thing about New Warriors has always been the characters and the personalities. Powers have been always kind of been like a secondary thing. I mean, when you think of Night Thrasher, he's a martial artist with a skateboard and armor. It's like, that's not original, it's not groundbreaking, but they use the character to make it special and unique. Um, this is where I miss Larry, because... <laughs> hmm? This is where I miss Larry, because Larry's always talking shit about Night Thrasher. Right. And you defend him so well, but without Larry, you actually speak on a more neutral way about Night Thrasher, like showing both sides, <laughs> the down and the up, you know? Right. Yeah, I, yeah. But, yeah, Night Thrasher is a great character, and it is always about the character, the personality, the intelligence more than the armor and the skateboard, which can come off as silly, but I think it's great. Like, the way that he uses it and the character behind it is really good. Um, there was also another character who I can't remember their name. Uh, but she was like in the second wave of uh, New Warriors. And it was just a suit. And it was two people sharing one suit. And it wasn't the suit and or power set from the suit wasn't special but the interaction of the characters like it was the characters that made it special and i think if you're a new warriors writer you you know that you know that it's not about powers or what you have it's all about the characterization like the characters are what's going to get the characters are the most important part of a new warriors comic and I think they have to know that. And I've always thought that a character is more important than the power set. I know Lawrence like, doesn't feel that way, but I think of it like with all the flashes. It's like, yes, r running fast, there are like six different speedsters in DC, but they're all unique characters, despite having the same power. So they're not interchangeable. And so I feel like the New Warriors writers are going to do really good things with the actual characters as opposed to the powers. It's a little creepy in this cover I posted how the, the twins are kind of like, they look like they're in a relationship. I mean, twins are so each other. <laughs> okay. I mean, let me know. I like uh I, I went straight to twins are creepy and <laughs> Joe's like they're just supporting each other. <laughs> um Yeah, it, it's I, I looking at this cover, I just I really like Night Thrasher's design. Like he looks cool. The art looks Dude, cool. I'm so nostalgic. Yeah. It's like man, this is this is great. They're only missing like two people. Yeah. Who are they? Nova and Justice. Oh, okay. But uh yeah, this is man, I'm so excited for this. Wasn't um whatchamacallit a new warrior too? Uh Beak? 
Um, he might have been at some point. He wasn't a founding member. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm down to read it. Uh, one of the things that you, you don't get because everything got lost in the triggering and the the naysaying of New Warriors is that the writer is a dude that writes for Stephen Colbert. And uh, I mean, when you think of when you look at it under that context that you have these millennial heroes and it's a guy from Stephen Colbert writing it you know they're probably going to do something either satirical or, you know, a different perspective. It's not just diversity and inclusiveness for inclusiveness and diversity's sake. You know what I mean? Right. So, and I think that that's one of the things that really got lost in this whole press is is that the writer is, is a, a satirist, you know? Mm-hmm. So that actually made me want to actually pre-order it 500 copies. Even though I'm not I'm not the biggest Stephen Colbert show fan, but I know that humor seeing something in comic book form with somebody of that humor mm-hmm. would would be an interesting read. Uh, yeah. Burnt chat says so apparently bisexuals are only bi if they're in a the same-sex relationship. And uh it's not so much that I don't think the the fact that they're erasing Poison Ivy from her uh, periphery, for lack of a better word, it is what's wrong, you know. Although I have heard some stupid lesbians saying that. Yeah, so I think some people do believe that, but they're dumb. Now I'm not a hundred percent with the. The costume for Speedball. I liked it on the cover, but out here it looks a little weird. Yeah, the cover is different colors than the than that image. Right, and plus you're only getting like the top shoulder part. Those shorts look weird. Yeah. Right. I just like Firestar. Yeah, yes, but that's how you know, that's how you know the classic costumes because even Night Thrasher's costume is is got that classic feel, and Firestar hasn't changed at all. I don't think, like maybe just the the little flares on the side and the boots. Right. Is that and his? Morita's costume? I know her OG costume was just a, a green swimsuit. So this is. Like, I actually, there's a point in time where Namorita was doing a bunch of stuff, but I wasn't actually reading her. So I don't know what her costume was there. But this is fine. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, her her old costume wasn't like, I wouldn't call it like a staple. So her changing up was fine. Now, Namorita was... Doom. Yeah, Rage, Rage looks almost the same. I always liked that costume. It's halfway between like an 80s dystopia movie and a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> um, Namorita, like, I'm not that familiar with her, but was she always white and blonde? Yes. Huh. Okay. Cool. 
her. For some reason, I thought she was like those Atlanteans that look like blue or whatever. Oh. No, she was always just like Namor. She's got the white skin, wings on her feet. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Must have been somebody else I was reading and thought it was Namorita. All right, let's move on to Shira, Joe. Why don't you tell us about Shira? Okay, so today was the season five premiere, the final season premiere, and I I started watching it, and it's great so far. So far, it's amazing. Like it starts out with Adora kind of grappling with the consequences of the season four finale and trying to work her way through that. And it ends up with them actually making an assault or about to make an assault on Horror Prime's flagship, which, yeah, Horror Prime is terrifying. Like, they do a good job of making him, like, really evil. Like, he's got his clones, like, all of his clones were walking around. And, like, he can, like, see everything that they see and, like, take over their bodies. So it's, like, a really cool, creepy effect. And, uh, yeah, like, the start of this season is really good. Like, I am not disappointed at all. Everything is going great. Like, I'm so happy. Like, I know uh, I was talking to someone else about it, and they were kind of, like, skeptical that the the last season would be that good because they thought the season four wasn't that great. And, you know, they had watched Voltron, and they felt the same way with that. But, you know, watching this, like, I'm, I'm happy with it. And I'm... Really liking it. Looking forward to finishing it after the show. Cool. Now, did you feel season four wasn't that good? No, I love season four. Like, season four was great. Like, it it really brought everything together. Like, they're seeding all these, like, things throughout the first three seasons, and it all comes to a head in season four in, like, one of the best ways possible. And to the point where it's like Eternia, the planet that they're on, was in a vacuum, like, separated in its own pocket dimension from time, like, in its own pocket dimension, and then they brought it into the universe. And now that they have to deal with the fact that it's out there, like, in the regular universe now, and they're dealing with the consequence of that. Like, it's... I I loved it. Like, it's such a cool thing. It's such an interesting thing. Like, yeah, it was... It was amazing for me. What was that person you talked to's logic on it not being good? Because everything you say sounds like it'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like. I, they didn't really explain it well, like why they didn't like it, and yeah, so I don't, 
know exactly what their logic was, but it was... I will say, the person that it was, I would not expect to watch She-Ra in the first place. So, the fact that they were enjoying it and then kind of dropped off in a in later season, it kind of like got me thinking, like, you know, was it bad? But, you know, re-examining was like, nah. Like, I'm not sure why it didn't resonate with them, but... And it's not like you said it was bad. You just didn't like it as much as the previous seasons. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought it was great, especially in terms of escalation and bringing, like, all these different plot threads together and the character development. Man, we get, like, some of the sharpest turns in our characters... Uh, during that season four, which yeah, I I loved it. Okay, well, I I don't know I, I I never got I never started, but I wasn't opposed to it. You know, it's just a time right. thing. So now that it's ending, maybe I'll I'll start it off and <laughs> see if I get through it. Yeah, it's um, like. Definitely time was the one of the factors. I mean, I remember She-Ra kind of from when I was younger, and it's like, it wasn't great. But then when I think about it, He-Man wasn't great either, so I probably should give it a shot. And I will say, for the first few episodes, it's uh, just, the first few episodes is just world-building. And you don't really get uh, into the plot until like seven episode to like the seventh episode is when the plot really gets going. Uh, everything else is just kind of introduct like introducing the characters and the different princesses. But yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty good. Like even the intro stuff, which you would normally expect to be kind of slow, wasn't bad. And, yeah, like, I was put a screen cap in chat, and, yeah, Adora's basically dealing with the sword, which is broken now. So she's, yeah, it's, man, it's a good show. Like, I'm liking it a lot more than I thought I would. I can say that much. Nice. I hope Netflix does that for me someday. <laughs> well, for <laughs> that, things that are uh, based on, on stuff I like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I know uh, they on Twitter, I follow the creator of, uh, not on Twitter, on Instagram, the creator of Dark and uh, yeah, he says he finished editing it, so it'll be out on time and should be soon. I think it's going to be sometime in November, I think, or something. Because they they come they premiered on dates the dates that they're set in the show, so I don't mm-hmm. know when it's going to be. 
um they did november and april so maybe maybe in the summer you know but yeah i'm excited for that and i was thinking because i remember you said that you started watching it but couldn't get into the dub and i was like right yeah like when i was just looking at that picture the guy posted like yeah maybe joe should just not watch it (laughs) like i was in that larry mode where where he doesn't want you to watch community anymore i'm like you know what yeah maybe joe shouldn't watch dark but you should. You should I gotta it. watch it in its. I gotta watch it in its normal language. Yeah. Like if I watch it in German, I can probably get through it. Yeah. And that's the weird thing where German is. You know, I, I like the language. It's kind of little bit like English, but a little bit like Klingon, and so it can be a little abrasive and and jagged. But I rather just watch it in English. Hmm. But, but yeah, it, it's it's a good show. Um, what was else? Oh, I read in the news too that readership of comics on DC the, on the DC Universe app is up thirty five percent. And I was like, oh, I must be because they added all those Scooby Doo comics. Well, that and the fact that they don't have any new video content, <laughs> like yeah. It's just a half hour a week of new video content. But, yeah, I mean, right. if it becomes a viable platform for people to read random comics, they might stay. You know, that's the discussion we kind of had at the beginning of the week, you know? Right. And They should just dedicate to being a comic platform. Yeah. I think they'll do good. I mean, they have the they have the server space. For the most part, like they could do like Marvel Unlimited there, you know, and link to their YouTube videos like they're already doing now. So it's not like they're storing a bunch of stuff, I don't think, or they don't need to rather. Like you can just embed the the YouTube videos that you post and then keep showing, I mean, keep showing those fantasy villain fights. Um, yeah, I actually talking about fantasy villain fights. I, I started watching Harmon Quest yesterday. Oh, okay. I wasn't feeling it. Oh, you weren't? No, I I don't, like, maybe I'm not ready for this yet. (laughs) Because, you know, watching the Dungeons & Dragons episodes for Community, like, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I can watch. It's two episodes of them playing Dungeons & Dragons. And I'm like, maybe I can watch this. And, yeah, it, it was a little... It was a little strange. I think if it was all animated, it would have been easier. But, eh, I don't know. That's just, exactly what I thought. Yeah. yeah because so. I know the trailers, they only show the, they mostly show the animated stuff. Yeah. For the trailer. And then when you get to it, like, that's hardly in it. Like, it's not even a 20th, 5th of, a con- of the content. Right. Like, if they actually edit the game... And not the little side banter into just an animated episode. You know, it would feel a little like like Midnight uh, Gospel in a sense, you know. But mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be okay with that. I was okay with it in Midnight Gospel and then a Dungeons and Dragons type world with Harmon humor and voices. Like, I think I can I could get behind. But the, the live aspect was a little too... I don't know. I... It, it takes some getting used to it, and I didn't have the patience to get used to it. Right. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, let's move on to uh, Cat Shit 1, number one. Um, like you, like Joe said, we reviewed the anime. Well, yeah, it's it's considered anime, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's computer animated, and it takes place during the Iraq War or Afghanistan War. And uh, it's basically the U.S. are rabbits and the enemies are cats. And this is the original manga, and it takes place in Vietnam. And basically, you just see them running the rabbit team running some missions. And I under like, I think it's the same characters from the cartoon, but not, you know, it's just updated version of it in the cartoon. And in the comics is the original version, but I recognize some of the names and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah, it, it, it's everything you'd expect. It's just cute bunnies killing cute cats <laughs> in Vietnam. And, it, you just wa- see them like the first issue is broken up, I think, into about four missions, and you're just seeing the through line of them jumping from mission to mission, uh, different conflicts and and, and problems and, and missions. Um, but overall, it's it's on Antarctic Press, which Antarctic Press is Joe. You've been a fan of them for a while. Yeah, and, like I love the I love the Antarctic Press. They Got some great talent over there. And I, I was actually happy to see that they're the ones putting it out. Because it, it is a licensed product, but it's something that would, you know, help them get a little bit more exposure. I know a lot of people are getting lost in the shuffle right now, especially with the pandemic, different publishers. And uh, they're still putting out stuff. According to my sources, that issue three came out in April. Um, so that, that's something, you know, they're putting out comics, but nobody's talking about what they're putting out except us. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Burr says, I recognize the colors of the rabbits. Do the bunnies win in Vietnam or do they have to evacuate like we did? Did they napalm the cats? And you know what? Those are spoilers. <laughs> um, I, I didn't read all of it. I just read issue one, Burr, but, uh, I assume... They try to make it like accurate, right, Joe? Is that the thing with? Yeah. Like, cause they even give yeah. you like, like there's a whole aspect of Vietnam that's triggered by the Cold War, and then they actually give you a chart, like, showing you all the different wars that were actually caused in part by the Cold War. You know what I mean? Uh, they they have some pros, like, almost essays about what the historical aspects of the Vietnam War, they're, you're learning it, and you're learning it from a different perspective, you know, a more international perspective. And uh, so I, I believe that they have to evacuate like we did. But yeah, Joe, what, what can you add to our Catch It One discussion? I actually didn't read it. Um, oh. like I said, it's in my wish list. So, like, as soon as I could get it, I didn't want to use the review copy because, especially for something I know I'm gonna get, yeah. like our review copies are not great. They're good enough to 
get a sense of the comic you're reading. But I'm going to be reading this for more for enjoyment. And so I wanted to get a, a, a non-review copy. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, what I can say about Catch It 1 is that everything I felt when I watched the trailer initially and then subsequently the movie, I felt reading this. Like, the characterizations, the adaptation, even though it was a more modern war in the, the animated thing, uh, it still felt the same. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I can't, I can't say it's a bad adaptation. And you know, I enjoyed it before I read the source material. Now reading the source material, I like it even more. I want more of the cartoon and more of the comics. It is a, uh, it something about just watching the cats and the bunnies go at it. Like it, it's, it, 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 I don't know. It, it almost humanizes it more, like, if that makes any sense, because it's just cute animals killing each other. And they don't draw them particularly cutesy, but they are, because by nature, kittens and cats and bunnies are cute. Right. Now, I know one of the things that does suck is, and I look every, I, I really love that, animated movie and I, I lost it unfortunately and every once in a while I'll just randomly check Amazon to see if they have it and they never do so it's unfortunate like I've wanted like there have been a bunch of times where I'm like man I wish I could rewatch that right now I know in yeah I, I felt the same way I know I remember seeing the trailer for it and it just took forever to come out <laughs> And then they didn't do anything else with it. Um, but it, it's okay because it just stands out as like just something good, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Oz, Oz put the manga cover on in chat and I'm, I'm going to put the, uh, the actual comic cover because it's just redone and, and it, I, I like the cover. Um, there's also a backup story in issue one that is in color. So the manga was was in black and white, but they did they put one in color. Uh, Burr says Pam Pam, Pam Pam Blam. <laughs> yeah, the onomatopoeias in it are, are pretty. I don't know, like they're in Japanese or in Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're in Japanese. Yeah. They hear things a little differently than we do. Yeah. Which it, it's a, always interesting to me to like hear how different languages hear uh, different sounds. Yeah. Like, not just Japan, but Japan's the ones I'm most familiar with. But, like, where we hear meow, they hear nyan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff like that is interesting to me. <clears throat> and yeah. there was uh, the F.A. Batum, which is the, the onomatopoeia for a grenade going off. Which is just interesting. Yeah. Look in the color picture. Look how that cute the bunnies cover. are. I'm sorry, say that again, Joe? That is a good cover. Yeah. It, it's just, like, it has the, the black and white art, but red, white, and blue and alternating. Like, I, I just, I don't see how you walk into a comic shop and that doesn't, like, 
draw you in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Right. I can't say anything else about Cat Shit 1 other than buy it. Like, it's good. It's out now. You can get it on Antarctic Press. I believe they, they if you buy physical, you can get it through Shopify. <laughs> and uh, luckily, Shopify has my information saved because so many people use it. I never thought a publisher would use it, but it's just an added bonus. I don't even know if they're still using Shopify, but yeah, it's Catch It One is number one. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Let's, uh, Oz, you don't have anything to talk about, do you? Anything you want to get to that you haven't gotten to this week or anything? Uh, well, you guys haven't read any of the Tales from the Dark Dark Multiverse, have you? No. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, when he said he was going to do it for the show, but he didn't end up coming on. And so I read one of them, but then I wasn't sure if he was... I I read one, and I was going to read more, but then I realized I didn't know if he was talking about the comic or the... Uh, the like an Arrowverse type thing, but yeah, I, I did read one. Which one did you read? Shit. Huh. Well, I don't now, remember. I know. Is this part of the metal thing? Yeah, it's it, sort of. It's a it's a Elseworlds thing that came out of the metal where. Elseworlds had a mod. I read had, Batman. Oh, Nightfall. Where, yeah, I read Nightfall. That was that was good. Yeah, where Elseworlds had you know the Monitor seeing all these different uh, universes and and all these stories of you know a little bit different. Same heroes, a little bit different. Like you know, Superman gets a Green Lantern ring and saves Krypton type of story well now you have a different type of monitor i I forget what they call him right now but he it seems like he's looking through the dark dark multiverse for something like he's gonna put together a a team for a crisis like he's looking for something is what what they make it seem like even though these stories aren't what he's looking for they're like oh maybe this person nope nope no this this goes wrong and Originally, Lawrence got my attention with it because there was a Sinestro story. And so I picked that up and I, I picked up two or three of them at the time. I, I read the Sinestro one. It was fine. I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. And didn't really think much about it. Eventually, I, I read a couple other ones that were actually fucking amazing. And one of them made me think of Joe because it was the Judas contract. It set in the dark multiverse. And I know... At least I think I remember Joe being a Terra fan. Yeah. yeah that's the that yeah, one that one I think you should I think you would enjoy the Judas Contract Dark Multiverse story. Okay. I'll go back and read that. That one and the Death of Superman I thought was really, really good. I enjoyed both those books. I haven't read Nightfall and I haven't read Infinite Crisis. How many of these are there? I think there's five. Okay. The uh, Nightfall, Infinite Crisis, Judas Contract, Death of Superman, and Blackest Night. I think that's it. 
I like the cover. So, yeah, Nightfall is interesting because it's like uh, Ezreal, uh, when he becomes Batman and Bruce is trying to stop him, he actually kills Bruce and then just takes over Gotham. Yeah, all these... Like, it's just amazing how, like, one little thing that changes a story that you know so well. Like, something that I never, like, especially with, like, the Judas Contract one, I, I really want you to read that one. Because I, it, like, something happens in it that just changes everything completely. And it's such a, like, mundane little nothing of a, of a thing that makes this, like, everything just go dark. It's It's so crazy to see how they do that. And like the Dark Knight's metal, I you know I, th- that story I think was, eh, it, it was fine. I enjoyed it. I don't regret reading it. I don't think it was great. My favorite part of the of the metal stuff was the the one shots of how the Dark Batman became who they were, and this is kind of an extension of that. Nice. I just put some of the covers in chat. Uh, the Batman Nightfall, yeah, like you said, looks striking. Good. Yeah, the That's night Superman. I like too. The Nightfall is the only one uh, I haven't gotten because yeah, I I didn't expect much when I got them. I, I read the one that Lawrence uh, didn't explain to me right. And Which one was that? The Blackest Night. <laughs> well, he knows I'm a Sinestro fan. Yeah. Like anybody who doesn't think Sinestro is the greatest lantern of all time doesn't know the lanterns. Like I do. But it, his story was fine. It, it was yeah, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I read it. Nothing special. The next one I read was this: the death of Superman, and that that had me like emotional at the end of it. And I immediately picked up Judas Contract right after that. And I have Infinite Crisis. I haven't had a chance to get to it. And Nightfall is being shipped to to my house as as we speak. I think I haven't checked, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that speak. that Joe thought that one was good because that that one actually is the one that I really want to check out now. Speaking of Blackest Night, I just want to say fuck you to DC again for not making the Omnibus Digital. Uh, like, do you have that uh, the Blackest Night Omnibus? No, but I don't really need it because I, I like have damn near all those books. Right. I just having it all in one place in chronological order just appeals to me. But having a physical book doesn't. Oh, this is a new thing for the 10th anniversary, huh? Yeah, it came out last year. I wonder if in bootleg they have it digital. Oh, that's a good question. I'm I'm sure they do. Everything is digital if you go to the right place yeah and i know like for example i don't know if if (laughs) i'm gonna give you guys tips on how to bootleg your comics but uh 
I don't know if Android does this, but iPhones do where if you go to a page like for a bootleg comic and you just say uh make this into a PDF, like it'll make it into a PDF and put it in your bookshelf like with the rest of your books. So then you Oh wow. Yeah. Um and even if you like just download all the pictures you can just highlight them all in the order you want and then really just like turn them into a PDF and you can actually swipe it like a like an ebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an option. You can make your own digital comics. I'm sure I'm sure they'll uh they'll digitize it at some point. But right now they got they're trying to sell the hardcovers. Yeah, that's the thing, especially since they're doing the whole well this is be- predates that, but the Tuesday thing with they want to like appeal to bookstores and, and Walmarts and shit. So I think uh, they'll they'll probably eventually do it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. Speaking. Uh, oh, go ahead. Um. By the way, speaking of like digital stuff, um. I want to amend my review of the dark and I'm, I am going to go ahead and give it three stars since okay. uh, you found it on comiXology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it three stars. I'm definitely going to get it. But it's weird though. Cause when you type the dark into the comiXology search engine, it doesn't come up. Yeah. Or if it's there, it's like hidden. Yeah. And see, and the way I found it, because I, I, I initially searched it there, um, and I couldn't find it. There's a couple other books, even even in the bootleg sites, they don't. It doesn't come up easily, um, which, to a certain degree, that's good for the 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 publishers and the creators. But if you can't get it on like Comicsology or Amazon like that then what's the point you know um right the way i found it is because i went to source point press's website and they have a a section where you can shop for digital comics and it'll link you to you know the next window that opens up is their comicsology listing for their books oh that's good of them yeah so it, it you know they have to kind of do that because it's not coming up on Comixology when you type it in. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so amended review for the dark. Uh, there was a thing I saw in the news that... Let's see. Did, I don't know if Larry posted it. Was it Larry? Oh, yeah. The Diamond is sticking to their Wednesday on-sale dates. It says, uh, you know, because DC wanted to do it on Tuesday, but Diamond says Diamond's not going to be pushing a Tuesday uh, on sale date. If the world suddenly wants Tuesday, we will. But we see it now as just an anomaly, particularly now during this pandemic. You don't want to risk going out twice. <laughs> Most people will just wait and go Wednesday or after. Uh, and then Marvel and 
Let's see who's this guy that says this. Yeah, here's here's another quote, but I don't know who exactly by who, but it says, I don't think Diamond will change to a Tuesday release date across the board because a handful of stores might have them. I don't know anyone who's decided to buy DC Comics from those two distributors. A vast majority will buy from us when we get back up and running. Uh, it, it, it is the founder of Diamond saying that, so it's a little biased. I know there's shops closing because they're waiting on Diamond, you know? So it's just a matter mm-hmm. of time before they go to, to DC. I know uh, from a, a distributor, I guess we could jump into news. I'll play, uh, play that news music. Because I'm already doing this story. Comic book news. We should have a like, uh, like her. <laughs> well, not, not like that, but like uh, talking about SourcePoint Press. They are doing their own publishing too. They're going with Cornerbox Publishing Solutions or corner box publishing resources uh there's a couple um publishers there already but they're doing their own distributing it says uh, they got source point, source point press red stylo media scout comics and that's it <laughs> you can get those three publishers through corner box distributors and it's it's one of those things where um yeah, they just they they're not waiting for for D, for Diamond and they don't want to go the way that DC went. So they just found another one. Uh while that company I think is D6 distributors that owns Cornerbox is a Canadian company. They're not handling international orders. Their the uh, source point says they're going to look into the UK and Australia from a different company. But we'll see how that goes for them. I think they should just invest, well, invest equally as much in digital because especially for smaller publishers, like, I think that helps. The digital would help. Yeah. Um, Profit. There's more talk about the Profit movie. It says, uh, Prophet will put an edgy spin on the Captain America concept. Uh, Mark Guggenheim is, is writing it, and that's they, they're they supposing that they're going to go with a kind of Captain America type story, super soldier, but more on the edgy, the edgy uh, side of it. If I want, if I want edgy Captain America. I'll read Ultimate Captain America. Yeah. But in the movie, you don't get that, do you? Technically, um, just things about super soldiers in general. We've had, like, a lot of super soldier movies. Yeah. That have been edgier than Captain America. Like, the super soldier concept is not a new one. Right. Like, re- realistically, Cyborg, uh, what is a Cyborg cop? What am I thinking of? The John claude Van Damme dude? Oh. Uh, yeah, Ultimate, oh, what was it? Uh, Universal Soldier. Yeah, like, that's a super soldier, an edgy super soldier. 
movie. My favorite part was when Dolph Lundgren was like, I'm all ears. <laughs> Burr says, ugh, not a good sign when they describe it as edgy. That's true. Yeah. Let's see what, what else we got here. Oh, DC announced yesterday or today uh, Joker War. Anybody know what Joker War is? J- no. I think it might have so to do that- with the three Jokers. Yeah, and then there's a new guy named Clown Hunter. Uh, they Clown Hunter was debuted in James Tinian Ford's newsletter. Uh, but they also posted a checklist of the Joker War storyline and spinoffs. So uh, the main story will be in Batman 95 to 100. The tie-ins will be in Nightwing 70 to 75. Uh, Detective Comics... Uh, 1022 to 1026, Batgirl 41 to 50, Harley Quinn 75, Catwoman 25 and 26, Red Hood Outlaw 48, and then Batman Joker Warzone. Uh, in the quote, James Tinian 4 says, uh, I'm especially excited to talk about Joker Warzone, but I'm going to have to wait until that's up in the next round of solicits. But yeah. Yeah, I know. Jerk Joker War is why they developed Punchline. They wanted the Joker to have a, a general, but obviously uh-huh. they can't do Harley Quinn, so that's why they they came up with Punchline. So, what is the concept of Joker War? Burr and Chat says Joker War, but yeah, like what is that concept? What, is he going to war against Batman or other Jokers or? Yes. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I know that I know there was a that the story was supposed to come out with the three jokers and then this Joker War thing. I don't know how they relate to each other. I mean, comic books have stopped, so I I don't know what to do. <laughs> it says right here here's some uh, commentary from the dude over at Oh, Rich Johnson on Bleeding Cool. He says, uh, the Joker war follows up on the Batman death of the family tease that Joker might have known Batman's secret identity for years. Instead, it seems that the Joker has never cared to have that information, as he believed that would be the end of his story with the Batman. Bleeding Cool understands that this is that this quote-unquote final tale of Batman and the Joker was originally intended to run before Batman 5G, 5G relaunch with an aged Bruce Wayne and a new Batman. This would enable the Joker War to be a real final battle between the two. However, things have changed regarding that. Yeah, see, that's stupid because they they change whether or not the Joker knows Batman's identity all the time. Now, if you want to say that there's three different Jokers and maybe one of them knows, but the other one, like the other two don't or some combination like that, I, I can understand. But yeah, that, uh, no, that the the it's, cover that I posted for Nightwing 70, that that book is, I think, what's supposed to be released early. Remember, remember that time when Lauren said, who the fuck cares about these books that DC's putting out? Well, that's one of the books. It, and I'm the I'm I'm the one that cares and was looking forward to it. And you can see on the top, Journey to the Joker War. So 
had I been able to read that book, I could give you more information on what's happening. Well, what was stopping you to, to read that book? It's not out. Comic book shops are closed. Yeah, but they put it out. Did they, though? They shipped it. They shipped everything. <laughs> did like, they, though? I mean, did, I'm actually mad at my comic book shop because I, I drove out there. Yeah. And they have their, their sign that they're open and curbside. Call, call this number and tell us what, what you want, what you're looking for, whatever. Call the number. Nobody answered. Like, I'm, I'm parked right in front. Right, in, like I know that that van that I'm parked right next to is is the owner's van. I know he's there, but he's not answering the phone. So I just fucking left. Yeah, you should have called Atomic Basement or Jeffrey, because they were there. They were delivering to people's houses. Did, would they deliver but, to me? I mean, yeah. If, <laughs> if I'm gonna get something, if I'm gonna get something shipped from Jeffrey's, I might as well just go to Midtown. Yeah. And you get a better deal because they're the distributor. Yeah. I need to go to Midtown. They have pull lists too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure, but I'll find out as it comes out. Let me see if I can read it right now. Nightwing seven zero. Oh no, that's from twenty sixteen. I guess they didn't put it out. I really should see if they put it out. Yeah, see what I'm looking at. Oh, here it is. I found it. Okay, yeah, because I see the on sale date is March eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading it as we speak. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> it's garbage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I'm just scrolling down, but look, I'm going to read it just because it came out. Yeah. Want me to sell you a digital copy, Oz? I'll make a PDF and everything. I'm good. Look, I know how to get digital copies. That's That's never been a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is in the news here. Did you guys talk about Robert Pattinson not working out? Yeah, we did. Uh, I'm still mad. <laughs> like, you don't want to work out? Like, get the fuck out of here. It, it's so dumb because he references James Dean, but James Dean, like, he was in two movies and then died. Like, that's not a good... You don't know what, what he would have done with the right role if the role required it. You he, know? He Look also, at Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen like worked out constantly because he's like, I know what I'm going to be playing and I don't need to be super muscular, but I do need to look like I can kick people's ass. Yeah. It, I mean, when when he was announced, the joke was he, he doesn't have the body for it. Right. He's too... <laughs> I guess effeminate would be the, the way to say it. And so to now say ah, I'm not even going to work out kind of, you know, makes people kind of right when they talk shit about you. Yeah. And the thing is, he's vindicating them. Like, I know 
I, I was one of those that's like, everybody's like, oh, he's from Twilight. He's a fucking pussy. Like, no, nah, you, you did a job and you don't like what he did. That's, that's different. Like, if Twilight wasn't Twilight and he was that vampire guy, everybody would have been like, whatever. doesn't care. But because it was Twilight and there's such a pullback because of whatever, it's not how you perceive vampires to be. Then he's like, he can't be Batman because he's a pussy. That's ridiculous. Now it's like, yeah, he can't be Batman. Not because he was in Twilight, but because he doesn't want to work out. Like, the fuck? Like, you got nothing to do in your fucking mansion or wherever the fuck you live. Work, work out, you know? Are you, are you gonna watch the uh, Swamp Thing CW thing? Uh, no. Larry said he is, but I'm not. Like, well, I already seen it. Well, no, it'll be season two though. Is it? That's that's what I was reading. It's not just season one. I, they might put season one on just so that people have something to watch that they haven't seen and kind of get caught up on where they're at. But the main story was that that's where season two would would happen. Okay, so that might have been in the one, the story you sent, the one Larry sent. I, actually, I didn't even read either of them. But <laughs> so he doesn't even I, send links it, right. It, the, the, what I did notice is that a lot of networks are actually just buying up shows that were streamed somewhere else and then putting them as their fall lineup and so that they don't have to put produce stuff and stuff that requires that much ratings and still have enough content to sell advertising space. They did this like after the writer strike, and they're doing it again. So I, I don't think, even if they do get a second season, like it's still not going to be the same production people. And and I don't know if they can. Well, they can probably get the actors because there's nobody there like huge, you know. Um, my concern is like, well, they don't. I don't think they have to. Because it's not the same studios working on... Well, we don't know who's going to be working on Swamp Thing, but the dude that comes out in Swamp Thing comes out in uh, in Sandman. So I don't know how they're going to reconcile that, but they really don't need to, I don't think. Like I, I feel like they, they would feel they wouldn't need to if they knew it was the same character. Uh, Hect is like, oh shit, F a Friday FF. I was like, yeah, no, we're, we're here Fridays usually. We just weren't here last Friday. Yeah, it's last Friday. I was ready to be here too, and then I got the text. And, oh, you should have done it. You and Joe could have done it. Yeah. Well, I can't. I don't have the broadcasting info. Yeah, but but uh, no, I could I could have broadcasted. I was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, next time. Yeah. Speaking but I didn't like the timing of the announcement. Like you guys said it, like in the evening or like afternoon, bef- the day before, which yeah. was too much time. Like, I either need more time or less time. <laughs> It was that sweet like, spot of yeah, that sweet spot where I would actually be expected to put on a good show, like where I would have just enough time to put on a good show. Like, I either need more time than that or less time. 
So if I put on a good show, then it's unexpected. And it's weird because we knew, well, more or less we knew about that thing Larry and I were doing for two weeks or so, but it kept changing. And, uh, yeah, I think maybe an extra day. Or, yeah, I don't think we were certain that we were going to go that day either. I don't know. I don't remember. Everything's a blur in this quarantine. Well, speaking of Twilight, uh, Twilight author Stephanie Meyer has announced she will finally publish Midnight Sun, a retelling of her best-selling series from Vampire Edward Cullen's perspective. That's Uh, the first. Um, in a quote, she said, I am very excited to finally, finally announce the release of Midnight Sun on 4 August. It's a crazy time right now, and I wasn't sure it was the right time to put this book out, but some of you have been waiting for so long, it didn't seem right to make you wait anymore. So it's the same story, just from a different perspective. Right. Maybe that will clarify, like, what I always thought. Like, I always thought Edward didn't want the chick. Like, he did, but he he was, like, expecting her to die eventually, so he didn't have to be with her forever. Because I know in that first movie, it's like, she's, they're, like, all in love and shit, and then she goes, make me a vampire so I could be with you forever, and then he's like, forever? You know, (laughs) like... It was a, a little one second thing, but I'm like, oh, this dude's stuck. Like, he can't. I think you're, can't give, you're giving him way too much credit. Yeah. I mean, it was an audible gas. Speaking of the CW, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks like the, the Superman and Lois show is going to have its pilot in Batwoman. Or as, or as I have come to refer to that show kicking the nuts I mean you no you don't <laughs> you could but it, it's it's getting painful to watch like they gotta <laughs> the the only way they can make Batwoman seem better is to bring down Batman for some reason. And even then, Kate Kane is, is just a garbage human being. I, I, she's just the worst superhero in the in, in the Arrowverse. I guess. Cause I, really? I, I, guess, I guess I have. Yeah, like she doesn't bother capturing criminals. She just lets them go. And bother to like to she's uh there there's one episode where where they're looking for this book that it, it's Lucius Fox journal Lucius Fox died for this journal and it it has like this big secret on on all the Batman tech they they're looking for it she finally gets it puts it in her backpack and then like because she, instead of securing it in a secure location, just kind of like drops it on the coffee table because she's got to bang this other chick, and then the other chick steals it. 
Wow, that's that's really dumb. I'm in. <laughs> you don't, had me at bang another chick. Look, don't get me wrong. That was a, that was a hot scene, but secure the fucking book that has the secrets <laughs> of your of your technology, and like they they really feel like they got to bring Batman down. Like they 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 bring up a case and. Uh, Luke Fox is like, oh, uh, Batman was was working on on this case for for this many years, and he never he was never able to find the dude. He was never able to crack it. Sure enough, K. Kane looks at the at the paperwork, and in fifteen seconds, it's like, oh, it's this guy. Let's just, let's go get him. It's like, well, wait. Now, let me ask you, because some similar things have happened. Uh, the one I remember, or one of the ones I remember is, uh, I forgot what what the story was, but it was the retelling of the introduction of Robin, where uh, Dick Grayson kind of just like absentmindedly solves a puzzle Batman had stumped, that it stumped him, like, was it something like that? No. Or was it more annoying than that? It, it was a little bit more annoying because I, absentmindedly like solving a puzzle is is one thing because you can kind of like it's that whole you don't it, you if you if you're looking for something you don't find it unless you're not actually thinking about it I can understand that it it's more like like oh well this um I, I'll tell you exactly what it was the this killer left uh, a certain code like a it was like a one thirteen. It, it was some some alphanumerical code that was kind of like his his signature. Like you knew it was him because he left that code. And she solved it. She solved the case because she knew that that code was the the form number of of the whatever the whatever form the military uses to discharge people dishonorably. Because she was former military, she's like, oh, well, I know that form number. So it's going to be whoever one of these is former military. Oh, it's this guy. This is the guy. This is our guy. Which kind of seems like that's the type of thing that, like, Batman would run that code through some something that would tell him this, you know, would bring up a form that says military discharge papers. Okay, I see what you're saying. Which, it, it, which to me, that, like that's why it's kind of stupid. If she had come at the at the case from a different angle, I could understand. But if it's something that I could Google in 30 seconds, and you're telling me Batman spent years l- looking for this, then it kind of it, it gets on my nerves. Okay. The best thing about that TV show is the the girl that plays Alice. She like I, she deserves better, cause she she does a hell of a job with the with the crap that she's given. Her character is amazing. Oh, also, okay. also, K. Kane is, is a is a cold blooded murderer. But she, well, yeah, that's not new. But she gets over it in like an episode, like for half the episode, she's a little like PTSD'd. But then apparently Luke Fox te- Luke Fox tells her that oh it, it, it's okay because Bruce Wayne killed people too why why do you think you haven't seen the Joker in in this many years wait a minute what it, exactly you see it, it like 
to to make her better, they have to bring down Batman. So she kills somebody and to make her feel better, well, hey, look, Batman killed the Joker. And it's like, oh, okay. And then it's never mentioned again. Like she's over it. I think Bad Blood did that better where she was like out there shooting people and Batman was like, No, you can't or I forgot who told her no, like was like, No, you can't wear that that symbol and kill people. Yeah, and it's especially disappointing because when like the the reason she kills a dude, I get. I understand. You know, she she she's human, she lost control. And that that would set up a great like redemption arc. You know, you, you can do another two or three episodes of her redeeming herself for that act and you know, she she's learned to, she's gonna be a better person, but nope, she's over it half an episode later. Yeah, I mean, some people are killers. But yeah, it's weird that they had to say Batman killed someone. Like, just let her be a killer. Like, yeah, let her feel bad. Just be, let let her feel bad because she killed somebody, and it's a bad person. Like, I don't think anybody who watched that episode and knows the the character, like, knows sees why she killed this dude. Like, nobody would watch it and they would blame her and be like, "Oh, you've done wrong." Except for maybe Batman himself, but he's not in the show. So it, like, it's weird too, because a lot of Batman, like a lot of characters in the Bat, like in Gotham, actually are killers. They just don't kill in Gotham because Batman doesn't like it. But Huntress is a killer. Um, Black Canary kills when she has to. Like. It really is just when they come to Gotham, they don't out of respect for Batman. Look, so Red- you can have killer heroes, but yeah, but making Batman one of them just seems. Yeah, so there, there's just a lot of dumb things like that that kind of get on my nerves. The, the, the best thing about the show is that it makes Supergirl so great. Like I, I really I really enjoy watching Supergirl right after Batwoman. <laughs> but yeah, so they're gonna do the pilot for well I mean that's how the Arrowverse does, the backdoor pilot in a different show. To uh the Superman and Lois. I don't know if that's what it's called. I thought I heard a name for it, but I don't know if there's anything official. Ah. So hopefully, hopefully the Superman and Lois show will be a little bit better. Well, it's got to be better than Lois and Clark. Even though I actually did like that show. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. like I, I enjoyed that show, but I it's not that memorable. Like I don't remember a whole lot about it. I think like when somebody right. says Lois and Clark, the TV show. Like the the first thing that pops in my mind is there there's a scene where Lois and Clark are talking to each other in in their bedroom. I don't know what she says. I just know uh dude pulls down his glasses and uses his heat vision to get her horny. Like shoots it like right at her pussy. 
I don't remember that. that. That scene has stuck with me for so. I mean, obviously they don't like you know, show it going into the pussy, but he looks down, the eye beam shoot, and she's like, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> That's on uh, Yeah, I like I I don't I don't know what episode that is. I I just it's that one scene that you know like has stuck with me for years. The one that's stuck Yeah, with- it's a bad show, but I I I enjoyed it. I remember uh I forget who got shot, but then Batman fixed it with bubblegum and an orange. Like that that stuck with me for some reason. I was like, I gotta learn how to do that. Um <laughs> there's some comics that were supposed to be coming out next week. Uh they were scheduled for May nineteenth on sale. Uh they're the stuff that was gonna come back when Diamond finally resumed. And uh those are gonna be uh, delayed and uh, you know big surprise they're all DC books it says uh, here in a statement due to a transportation issue from our printer to diamond the following books scheduled for May 19 on sale were delayed in arrival at diamonds warehouse fulfillment of orders from diamond for these titles will be delayed one week they will arrive in your stores with books scheduled for release May 26th, and uh, these are the books. Batman and the Outsiders 12, DC Superstars number 17, Hawkman 23, House of Whispers 20, Joker Hardly Criminal Sanity number 4, The Flash number 753, Green Lantern Season 2 number 3, Wonder Woman 755, Year of the Villain Hell Arisen number 3, third printing, and uh, Flash Giant number four. And then the stuff that w- wasn't delayed is all stuff that's just been sitting in the warehouse, which is all like hardcover stuff, reprintings of things, uh, you know, stuff that was printed ahead of time. But yeah, it looks like all of it, aside from uh, Deceased, Unkillables, Dollhouse Family, and Dreaming. Number 20, like, everything else is a trade paperback or hardcover. But, yeah, more drama, and they're making the consumers. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I don't really get... I guess it's stuff that they still have to print, you know? Um, in other news, uh, I think Rob Liefeld has a lot of time on his hands. He keeps commenting on things throughout this pandemic. The newest thing is uh, he talks about New Mutants. Uh, he says that he basically uh, he, he discussed the delays and the test screening. It says right here, his quote, the New Mutants movie was shot before Deadpool 2. Next week is two years since Deadpool 2 came out. New Mutants was shot before, and I don't know what the hell happened. Dude, now it's on Amazon for pre-order. Just give it to us. Here's the truth. My friend saw a test screening, and I couldn't, that I, and I couldn't attend that day. I would have been able to sneak in. They loved it. Here's what I know. All my friends who saw New Mutants in December 2017 loved it. They loved it. They were describing it to me. They said a couple of special effects weren't done, but they loved it. And uh, it says in this article, it says, now that Liefeld mentioned about the Amazon pre-order, New Mutants was 
a technical glitch on the R-Lines retailer part, but the result of an automated system which listed the digital release as a pre-order. To be clear, New Mutants will still be released theatrically in cinemas. That, and then uh, Liefeld went on to say, then it got taken off the schedule, then Disney happened, but I hear it's great. Here's the deal. Do you really want to go back and sit in the theater? I'm a giant movie nerd, and it's going to be a long time. I don't miss it. I'm not going to a theater where you can sneeze on me. I think we've we've all gotten a little agoraphobic. New Mutants has, have, a, has a theatrical release date. In a theater. Yeah. Like, and we talked about the release date yesterday. Like, yeah. I'm eagerly awaiting that day so that I could see it in theaters. I don't care if, like, I just make people sit, sit uh, six seats away from me if I have to. Yeah. Just save. But I mean, put that on all this. So. Uh, Oz, what was it that you were going to say? Ah, he's going to mention the release date of August 28th. Also, the, yeah. I think it's it's funny that I read some, some articles on it, and they all try to make it seem like New Mutants was delayed because of the global pandemic when, I mean, we know it's, it's like... Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's been delayed by it sucking. <laughs> uh, IDW got... One million one hundred ninety-five thousand six hundred and seventy-nine dollars as part of the payment protection loan from Bank of America. Uh, some of the subsidiaries got like another two hundred. Uh, well, CTM Media Group and Etractions Inc., which are owned by DW Media Holdings, each respectively got one million seven hundred thousand and sixty-eight thousand dollars. Um, Last quarter, IDW lost $6.7 million. So they were losing money before the pandemic, and they got this. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens with IDW, what they're going to use it on. Part of the thing with the payroll protection thing is that if you use it for certain things, it's a forgivable loan, a certain amount of it at least. And uh, I think you don't have to pay it for like, a couple of years, and even then, it's still at a one percent uh, interest rate. But we'll see what they do with it. I mean, they they should acquire with some of it something else to keep them afloat. Because I know they their biggest titles took a hit too. Because that's the shit they were making money on, <laughs> and you know, nobody this whole time nobody's bought GI Joe or Ninja Turtles, so. Do you think yeah. it's it's a good idea to give them that much money? I mean, they were, no. if they were already losing money before the pandemic. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I, I was actually having this conversation with Emily in the morning where, you know, for certain things, I tend to be a little more conservative. And one of it is giving money to people. There's more people. There's people making more money by staying at home than working. And it, it should have been a lower amount and everybody equally, even without the whole self-employed thing it should be just basically keep a roof over your head and some food because that's all you need right now you can't go out you can't but it's it's way too much uh newsom announced that there's going to be a 454 million dollar deficit due to in part to this and it's like yeah like people are enjoying their money if you're not saving it if you're not investing it wisely what you're getting 
you know, interest rates are going to go up. So if you if you don't sign your paperwork right, you might have another housing crisis, and uh, and you know prices on everything's going to go up. I mean, I used to spend six sixty dollars a week uh, in groceries before this, and now I'm spending between the lowest I spent was eighty five, and uh, every other time was like a hundred and something and above. You know, so it's things are costing a little more and because you're not expected to go out as often you get more things and then you get things that you know you enjoy little by little here and there but you're like no well i'm gonna have a craving for this so i'm gonna get this too and you know everything's more expensive a little bit so it, it we're gonna see if you don't anticipate you know uh a, a pendulum effect of this money <laughs> you know this printing of funny money uh you, you're gonna have a big problem yeah uh which is part of why i didn't choose to take part in any of the self-employed and of these loan and grant programs because it's not it's not going to benefit me at all like i don't have employees i have independent contractors and Well, what happened? Did we lose you? Okay, I think we lost Joe, Mo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we just lost Mo. I mean, he's on the oh, line. He's on the line. I just don't hear anything. So his microphone might have died or something. Right. All right. You got any stories? Mm-hmm. Um, nope, I don't got any more stories. Okay, I don't know if I should hang up on him and call him back. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hector chat says, the government got Mo. <laughs> Spitting out too much truth, man, I'm telling you. Hey, oh, he's gone. Uh-huh. Okay, he's gone. Let's see. Gonna try to add him. See if that helps. He was having problems with his mic when he first called in. So we'll see if he answers. Okay. But yeah, definitely check out that Judas contract, man. That fucking book was I thought it was amazing. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. The Judas contract. Yeah, definitely a great story. I'd love to see a dark take on it. Okay, I don't no, if he's not it's answering. Thoughts? What was that? So, should we go into final thoughts? Doesn't look like Mo is coming back. Yeah. 
I get I wasn't really ready for the final thoughts. <laughs> kinda kinda caught me by surprise. Uh Hector in chat says, What is this mo- dark multiverse shit? Uh so we talked a little about it a little bit earlier in the show. Um if you pan up in chat, uh you can see some of the tales from the dark multiverse. Uh covers and they're basically stories where uh, a being like the watcher is looking through different realities but like darker realities so you have the dark multiverse nightfall where Azrael ends up killing Bruce and taking over Gotham so yeah, like basically just dark alternate realities. Yeah, and they're all one shots too. Uh, Hex says, "Oh, I know what it is. I meant the Judas contract stuff you guys were talking about." Uh, there's a dark multiverse Judas contract uh, one shot that Oz was recommending me read. I think he means the original Judas contract. Say again? I think he means the original Judas contract. I don't think he knows. Oh. Okay, so the Judas contract is a classic Teen Titans story where uh, the Teen Titans are doing their thing and Tara joins the team. And uh, she becomes part of the Teen Titans, but she's actually a spy for Deathstroke. And she ends up betraying them and getting killed in the process. Um, yeah, it's a super classic storyline. Um, there's even a DC animated movie, one of the, in the past... Uh, in the continuity that just ended, there's an animated uh, Teen Titans, the Judas Contract movie, which you should definitely check out. It's a great movie, uh, much better than Teen Titans versus Justice League. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. I forgot. How did you compare the animated movie to the original story? Um... I didn't, um, because I, I know of the original story and I'm familiar with it, but I, it's one of those stories I actually haven't sat down and read. Yeah, that's a long time ago, too. That's an yeah. old story. That's, that, that's pre-Nightwing. Right. I think and, most. you know, Tara came back actually for a little bit during Blackest Night, which uh, is not available digitally in an omnibus format. Well, fuck you, DC. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of this episode. Fuck you, DC. <laughs> and Moe's uh, back. Yeah. Where were you? Uh, my my internet just dropped all across the board. I don't know what happened. Like I had to restart the router, I restarted my computer. My computer's still not connected to the internet. 
so I'm I'm on LTE right now. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I'm here. <laughs> I don't know where I cut off. How how far into my rant did I get cut off? Um it sounded like you were just about to wrap up. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, basically yeah, don't don't spend all your government money at one place <laughs> is the, the gist of it. Um, but yeah, uh, we should probably get into final thoughts, right? It's about that time. Yeah. Right. Joe, man, why don't you give us some final thoughts? Um. So I'm gonna go and finish watching Shira. Oz, man. Give us some final thoughts. I'm going to go to Midtown and get this fucking Nightwing book now. <laughs> We're going to... Re- oh, you're not going to be on on Monday, huh? No. No. So we'll review it, what, Wednesday? I guess. If it comes... Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think I'll get it by then. Midtown don't uh. ship quick like that. <laughs> they do now. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And for the rest of us, thank you for joining us, even amidst our technical difficulties, or my technical difficulties in this case. Uh, but yeah, catch us Monday, 10 a.m., uh, allgames.com. And uh, yeah, bye.